Hello, welcome to Empowered Empaths with Denise and Samantha. We are so happy that you are joining us once again. This week we are talking about a topic that is very close to my heart, crystals, which I just love to talk about crystals and play with them and study them and work with them. Um, We're going to be focusing on crystals in particular that are really good for intuitive empaths. Uh, So Denise and I have put together a list uh, that is by no means conclusive. It's just a list of stones that we have worked with and um, I have some on my list that she might not have and vice versa. But we just wanted to share with you some ideas of stones that have worked with us uh, and worked for us and We also want to talk about different things that you can do with these stones, because for me, I remember when I was starting to study stones, I would read about them and I would think, well, that sounds great, but what do I do with it? And I'd stare at this poor little rock and I didn't know what to do with it. So I've worked uh, for several years now on really specific ways that you can utilize crystals in your daily life. So we're going to talk about using crystals for meditation, um, how to wear crystals instead of looking at them as jewelry, but how to wear them with a purpose, how to grid them in your home and office, how to, how and where to place them in your home for optimum use. So we've got a lot of exciting stuff planned for you uh, with crystals. Uh, Before we start on that though, Denise, I just want to ask you, um, because Denise and I uh, met, as I think we shared with you earlier on and and when we started the show, how we met when Denise handed me a rose quartz and an amethyst. (laughs) (laughs) I would just want to ask you, Denise, like, did you always love crystals or did you start on your crystal path when you started awakening to your psychic gifts? I've always loved rocks, picking up rocks on a walk, on the beach, wherever I might be. And and as I became more involved with, you know, the new age or metaphysical or juju, whatever you want to call it, I became certain ones would really feel like the clear sentient piece. I'd say, "Ooh, I want to hold that rock. Or that stone. So the the beautiful thing about this show is that we have you you really have a level of expertise in this, and I'm kind of on the other end of the spectrum with I know what feels right. So together we're going to give a really nice balanced viewpoint of of how inclusive working with crystals really really can be. I agree, I agree, and I'm I'm definitely not an expertise. In, you keep calling me that. I'm not a crystal expert. I am a crystal addict, and there's a big difference. <laughs> and I think what no. you just said about how you just go by what feels right with crystals. I think if I had to teach a class on crystals in one minute, that's what I would say. You know, just go by what feels right for you, and you'll know how to work with crystals. Um, Crystals for me always kind of uh, kind of scared me and freaked me out. When when I was sixteen, my mom gave me an amethyst pendant that was about two inches wide, maybe two inches or three inches long, and the bottom ends of the amethyst were really jagged. And at the time, uh, I really wanted to be an artist, and so I loved this pendant because it looked like a paintbrush, if you can picture that, with the bristles at the bottom. And so I wore that crystal all day and I felt really spacey and lightheaded and uh, and strange. Um, I did not connect it to crystals. I didn't think a rock could do a darn thing except hang around your neck and look pretty. 
that night I um, I was reading The Crystal Cave by Mary Stewart. Excellent book if y'all haven't read it. Um, it's a book about Merlin, and it's the first book in a, the trilogy of the King Arthur series. Um, I went to sleep that night, woke up at three in the morning, and I saw a man at the foot of my bed that looked exactly like Merlin. Um, I know I wasn't dreaming because I sat up and the first thing I did was I took my necklace off. Somehow, I just thought that that amethyst had done something to tell this energy, sure, you can come on into my my bedroom and watch me sleep. It was, he was the nicest looking man. I mean, he was wearing like a simple robe and had long gray hair and the typical long beard and was just staring at me very gently. But I don't care if it's a bunny rabbit, like anything in my bedroom at night is, you know, it feels scary. And so I took off that necklace and I said, no. And uh, he dissipated. And, um, and then I, I really prayed hard that I, that that would not happen again. So after that, I just never wore another crystal. Um, I remember I had a really sweet boyfriend, um, right after college and he gave me one of those crystal trees you know those you know how they they put them on the wires and I remember going to my friend can you believe this can you believe out of all the gifts he could have gotten me he gets me rocks (laughs) (laughs) so I really didn't have a love of crystals I did like when you're talking about walking and finding rocks as a kid I always did that I I grew up for um, about six years right on the beach, and I would always collect, you know, sea glass and shells and neat rocks. But I never um, computed it with crystals uh, until I had that weird episode that I, I think I talked about already. So I'll briefly briefly summarize it. When um, I had a student at the community college where I was teaching who was kind of stalking me and really scaring me, I walked into my office one day and found an orange rock on my desk. And when I took it up to the geology professor, he said, whoa, who do you need protection from? And I I couldn't connect the two. I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, this is Jasper and it's a stone of profound protection. And that's when I started my love of crystals because two weeks later, uh, through a variety of instances, the student was kicked out of the school. And if you all know a community college, it's really hard to get kicked out. <laughs> so I looked at that rock as like a saving grace, and I've been hooked on rocks ever since. And what I always tell people is, I don't know how they work. All I know is that they do work. Would you agree with that, Denise? I do, and and how um, th- there's a real comfort in so certain rock. Like right now I have in my pocket a piece of rose quartz, a piece of hematite and a green stone that I honestly don't know what it is but I know I was supposed to put it in my pocket it's a light green it's very pretty it's got a very gentle energy so I and and then tomorrow I might need something different so I go with what I again the clairsentient piece but also it's amazing how a certain stone will show up in your life when you need it when my um, psychic and and intuitive stuff really started going off the charts when I was in my um, late teens I was obsessed with malachite, absolutely obsessed with, I need a malachite. I wore a ring. I had a bracelet. I mean, every day I wore this malachite necklace and it became the go-to stone. And and I just, I was really, I had to wear it. I wanted that with me all the time. And later on, when I started really realizing what 
properties that stone has and some of the healing benefits of it, it made perfect sense for where I was in my life, even though I didn't know it at the time. It It's amazing how you'll find what you need to help you through a situation through the crystals. Isn't that the truth? And there are so many um, stories, you know, that we hear for, about that from our clients of people who will have the right crystal show up at the right time. And I just love that. All right. So leave, just, just equally leave when, when you don't need that energy anymore. Like all of a sudden it's like, Oh, okay. Now I need something different. Yes, that is so true. And sometimes you'll have crystals just disappear or reappear on you, which is really weird. And as, and do you find true if you wear any kind of a, a gemstone ring or bracelet or a piece of jewelry that you wear as kind of a go-to thing and then all of a sudden you can't find it or it's missing and then months later it'll just show up like it was yes. never gone? Yep. I have a blue topaz ring right now and that I know where I put it. I know that no one else has been here and it's like, okay, I must not need to wear topaz right now. I know, I know. And you hear about all those psychics like in India and Asia and even up in Lilydale in New York who teach classes on a porting where they just make random objects appear. And because metal is a conductor of energy, it's usually jewelry or coins that they make appear out of thin air. And I always wonder, is that where my jewelry goes? Is it somewhere in a workshop in Lilydale? <laughs> yeah, they're doing psychometry with it. They're picking That's up right. all your energy from it. <laughs> I um I have a thing whenever you know I used to have an office now I now almost all my readings are over the phone but when I had an office if you come to see me for a reading I would always um hold out a bag of crystals in a little knitted bag and I would say close your eyes reach in and pick out a crystal that needs to go home with you and the reason why I do that is because I now love giving away crystals, but I didn't always. I wasn't always going to part with my little rocks. Early on when I started collecting crystals, um, you know, I was married at the time, and, and my husband at the time was like, wait, how much money are you spending on these rocks? Like, it was definitely brought up and noticed. You know, I remember he was very, very tall, and he came home one time, and I had the ceiling fan in uh, my family room on, and I had ceiling fans are bad feng shui. I've since had have had them all removed from my home. But if you need a ceiling fan and you can't remove it, you know, a way to get around that feng shui rule is to hang a crystal pendant from it. So he walked in and like knocks his head into this crystal pendant and he's like, really? They're hanging from the ceiling now? <laughs> so I remember I read about sugar light. Do you have sugar light, Denise? I think I have a piece downstairs. Yes. It's such a beautiful stone. It's this really, really deep purple. It is a stone that connects to universal love. So it helps you to get in touch with love everywhere, not just romantic love, but just that universal connected love. And it vibrates with the same energy as Archangel Michael. So it helps if you want to work with um, his protective energy as well. But sugar light is kind of pricey. It's kind of rare. It's hard to find. And, you know, I had given myself a pretty strict budget, um, you know, on buying these crystals. Cause again, at the time I was a community college teacher married to a police officer. So we weren't rolling in the money, but I decided to invest in this, this little rock. It wasn't 
a, a lot of money. Um, I'm sorry, it wasn't a big stone. It was it was a like a you know that's a small tumble stone you get in a metaphysical yeah, store. Yeah, that's what I have. Just a little. Yeah, little piece. It was little, um, but it was twenty five dollars, and that was a lot for me to spend on a little tumbled piece. And so I carried it in my pocket. And um, I went into this my the metaphysical store in town to do a reading for a woman, and she what had come up in that reading her um, one of her relatives came through from the other side to apologize for sexually abusing her, mm. and it was a very emotional intense reading, and I kept getting the feeling, give her your sugar light in your pocket. My first thought was, heck no, I just got this thing. <laughs> My second thought was, no, 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 Shukalite is not for that at all. It's carnelian. So I gave her a, a small piece of carnelian. Mm-hmm. And the whole day was intense. You know how your readings tend to cluster? Like the whole, all of my clients had really intense stuff going on. And I came home and I took a shower and I reached in the pocket for my sugar light and I washed it in the sink in my bathroom to get all that energy off and it fell down the sink. And I was like, oh my gosh, my sugar light. So I go out to my husband and I'm like, I just lost my sugar light in the sink. And he was like, oh, well, give me a second. I'll just get my wrench. All we have to do is undo, you know, it, it can't, unless you put like a thousand tons of water, it can't go down that S curve out into the pipes. Don't run any more water. I'll get the wrench. Take it out. Shake it out. We'll find your crystal. I'm like, okay. So he did that. Within five minutes, it was gone. I've never seen that crystal again. And I know that was my guide's way of saying, you should have shared, sister friend. (laughs) And also it goes back to you didn't need the energy of that stone for it to disappear like that. And I agree with the... I do the same thing as I give away the the crystal. I bring a bag of tumbled stones with me or little amethyst pieces or little crystal points. And after I do a reading with someone in person, I let them choose, you know, take a few stones that really resonate for you and and you'll always get what you need. But sometimes I have caught myself like taking some out of the bag before I go, ooh, I don't know if this one really needs to go right now. So. (laughs) I know it's hard. You get attached to the little guys. So anyway, um, I, I'm going to talk about some of the crystals that I really like for empathy, and then you just interrupt me or add to it or whatever. Does that sound good? Yes. Okay. So the very first stone that I always recommend to anybody who is empathic, intuitive, and or works in the healing field. So take, for example... Um, Reiki, massage therapists, counselors, psychologists, nurses, things like that. I recommend black tourmaline because black tourmaline is one of the most protective stones out there. It has a high vibration stone, which is unusual for a protection grounding stone. So it has this high vibration and yet at the same time it grounds and protects um against negativity and what it does is it blocks negativity for you it's like the white blood cells of 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 stones do you know what i mean it 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 fights off (laughs) thank you it like fights off stuff coming at you so for example um 
I, I'm a Reiki master, and whenever I teach Reiki, I, I will always tell my students, invest in a big chunk of black tourmaline and keep it under your massage table. Because if you think about it, when you're doing healing energy on somebody, they're coming there to see you, to drop all their crap. That's why they're coming into your office. They need to release all the negative chaos, stress, and whatnot that's blocking their flow. And so because healers are most of the time empaths, we are like little sponges and we're like, oh, we'll take all that for you. We can handle it and we'll heal it and we'll release it for you. And then healers walk around wondering why their life is dramatic sometimes or in turmoil. So when you have a big chunk of black tourmaline under your table and you're working on someone, whether it's through massage or cranial sacral or Reiki or healing touch or what have you, that black tourmaline is going to pull all that negative stuff that they're releasing into itself before it can get to you. Now, someone had told me a couple of years ago as well that it can help with um, that electromagnetic smog and that yes. cell phone energy. And, and I think that that's really important is because so many of us work on computers a lot or, you know, well, obviously we have wireless. So you constantly have that vibration going in your house. So I, I think that this can help temper that a bit. Yes. Black tourmaline can. Yeah, we're going to talk about um, crystals for the house in a little bit. And that's one of them that I had written down is black tourmaline for the EMF and the geopathic stress. Um, fluoride and lipidolite are also really good for the EMF stuff. So you can just put like a little tumble fluorite by your TV or your cable box or your laptop or your charging station, um, and it helps to block that. Um, besides black tourmaline, I also like tiger's eye. That is a traditional amulet that has been worn throughout millennia to ward off the evil eye. That's why it's called tiger's eye. Um, there's also hawk's eye, which is similar to tiger's eye, and that's also very good for psychic protection stuff. Um, but tiger's eye, like black tourmaline, it helps to block that energy coming your way. What I like about tiger's eye um, is that it also works while it's blocking stuff coming at you. It really works on your solar plexus to increase your self-confidence and self-esteem. And I think that's something that empaths need to work on. Denise and I are going to do a show... Um, where we're, we we talk about how empaths tend to naturally blame themselves for everything. You know, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. You should hear Denise and I planning a show. Do you want to do that? If you don't, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. That's fine. I, oh. So we're going to do a show on that. And Tiger's Eye is really good for that stuff. Do you like Tiger's well, Eye? I do. And I, I think it's very beautiful as well. I just love the striations. I think it's so, so pretty. Um, but there's also, um, it, it can help you if you're feeling really spaced out or having a hard time concentrating or just feeling kind of mamsy-pamsy. It can be a, so grounding and, and help, um, help you get more of a, a connection with your will again. Does that make sense? Ooh, yes, and that's a good word to use, your will. Yeah, it does. It strengthens your will, your resolve. Um, and I, the, only, the other thing is I notice that a, a lot of times if I'm uh, – being really critical of myself or not feeling like I'm in a good place or my creativity is blocked. That seems to be one of the stones that I grab. Is tiger's eye 
I can totally see that. I like to wear tiger's eye like like as a bracelet or a pendant when I'm feeling, sometimes I get, I, I feel like an octopus and I'm pulled in all these different directions and I don't know how to stop that, you know? And, you know, like with three, I have three children, I have five pets, like everybody needs me at every moment of the day, it feels like. And when I get in those overwhelmed moments I will wear or hold or carry a tiger's eye and it does help to kind of ground my energy now it feels very balancing to me as well yes yeah I agree now the stone that's called the healer stone because it heals the healer is praenite Mm -hmm. and that's p-r-e-h-n-i-t-e um, like black tourmaline and tiger's eye, praenite is pretty easy to find, and it's not that expensive, but it's very, very powerful. Um, I am, I am, I've also seen it called the prophetess stone or the prophecy stone, because it helps to awaken your psychic ability and especially strengthens um, clairvoyance. But it's a stone of unconditional love. Like Sugalite, I said, connects with the vibration of Archangel Michael. Praynite connects with the vibration of Archangel Raphael, which is one of the reasons why it's called the Healer Stone. Um, it helps you to remember to take care of yourself. It teaches you how to be in harmony with others and yourself and everything around you. Uh, it's It's also recommended for Feng Shui. Because it helps you to get rid of things that are no longer serving you. So it helps you to declutter. But it's a great stone um, for intuitive empaths. I love Praynite. It's it's like a it's like a pea green or like a very, very light mossy green. And oftentimes it'll have little black markings in it. But sometimes not. Is it so that's similar a good to stone. the color of, of um like the green howlite, is it that or is it lighter? It's like um, it's kind of like the light green fluorite, but it's cre- it's got oh. a creamy feeling to it. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. and I have a I have a botryoidal praenite that has grown in that bubbly shape that I really really like. Um, and I have a brain a praenite stretchy bracelet that I wear almost every time that I do readings. And it's, I love to sleep with the tumble prey night in my pillowcase because I feel like it helps me remember my dreams. Now, and, um, and that's really cool because a couple of things that you've shared over the last several shows is that how important, what, what an important catalyst your dreams have been with your work, with having visitations, with dreaming about courses. With So that that's huge. I think that a lot of, and that whole link between you know, the symbolism that we get in our dreams or the messages in our dreams and how that transfers to to intuitive work. We get that same set of symbols so that if we could tuck that in a pillowcase that and it may um, help with with re- recalling or or more vividness, that seems like an easy enough fix. It is. And I, I, t- I pick a different crystal every week. Um, sometimes every couple of nights, but usually I do it for a week to give it time to, you know, jive with my energy to keep under my pillow. Um, like this week, it's Shattakite, which I love that stone. Uh, it's not really for empaths; it's more for uh, it's more for psychics and mediums. Um, but we'll talk about that another time. But anyway, I think it's a good idea to pick a stone <laughs> each week to tuck in your pillowcase. Okay, another stone that I like for empaths is Lapidolite. 
Um, that is that lovely purple stone that ha sometimes has a little bit of mica in it. It's, um, it's a stone that is recommended for anybody who feels unbalanced. You know when you just feel like everything is kind of spiraling out of control and you feel like you can't catch your breath and you just feel overwhelmed? Lepidolite is a really good stone for that. It actually contains lithium. So some people call it the antidepressant stone or the manic depressive stone. <laughs> because what I was going to say is it's, I, I always refer to that to myself. It, it's a happy stone. Like when I know I need to be a little more happy or have a more upbeat focus. So, so that makes sense if it has lithium in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it does, it does a lot of, um, beautiful things. It, if you see it in its raw form, you can see the mica in it. When it's polished, the mica looks kind of more just shiny. Um, but lipidolite, like we were saying before, it does clear that EMF energy. So it's a really good one to have by your computers. It helps to awaken and activate the throat chakra, the heart chakra, the third eye, and the crown chakras. So all those higher chakras it works on. But it's really known for a stress-reducing stone. It, it really relieves depression, um, helps to relieve depression, and stress and anxiety. Um, if you have mood swings, if you if you tend to be in one of those times in your life where you're like happy one day and then sad the next, you need to look to lip, lipidolite to help with that. And isn't it uh, a really good stone if for like times of transition or change when you're yes. trying to release old patterns and move forward? Yes, it's it's often called the stone of transition because that's what it will do. Um, so if you're like going through a move or a career change or a divorce and you're feeling out of sorts, lapidolite is a really good stone. <clears throat> if you have um, panic attacks, it helps to reduce that, a lot of anxiety. I, I always recommend that people try to find lapidolite that's in a like an egg shape or like a palm. It's called a palm shape stone, which is like that worry stone. It's, it's like a flat oval. Mm -hmm. That's a really good shape to get uh, lipidolite in because it does just to hold it in your, in your hand and just kind of spill all your worries into it is a good idea. You know, I used to, um, I used to worry a lot as a kid and I would, I would tell my dad, like, oh, the worry men came to visit me last night because I would lay in bed and all these worries would just pop into my head. And they were never worries like who's going to sit with me at lunch tomorrow at school, although that, that was some, sometimes a worry. But they were usually worries like, what if my parents die? What if an earthquake hits my house? Like random, you know, worries that come out of nowhere. Um, and so my dad bought me a, a little bag of worry dolls. Do you remember those? You can still get yeah, them today. And so I would sit in bed every night and I would say my prayers and then I would pull out each doll and I would tell it a special worry that I, <laughs> I was a fun kid. Um, and, <laughs> and I always believed that these worry dolls would spend the night flying my worries up to heaven where God would surely hear them and solve all of them. And it helped, you know, it, it helped to just tell my worries to someone or something. And I think, you know, kids or teens can do that with lipidolite too. They can just hold that chunk of lipidolite and speak their worries into it. And I think empaths tend to have a lot of worries because we feel so much energy from everything that it can be a little overwhelming. 
Well, and, and interesting with connecting it with the prayer piece, because I used to, you know, growing up would say my prayers, but I remember we went to the carnival that was in town, and little, we were little kids, and there was an, and you know how you remember things with a different venue, and there was an old man running one of the rides, really old man, and no one was on his ride. And I, re- I was so worried that they wouldn't let him keep his job because no one was choosing to be on his ride. And I prayed for that man for months and months and months, please let people ride on his ride so that he won't be homeless and won't have a job. So it, and when you're little and you're thinking that, it's so real and so true. But again, in retrospect, it was that empathy piece of feeling yes. how, how alone and lost this man was. And I think that's important that Anything, if you can hand your small person or your teenager a piece of lapidolite and say, you know, use this and, and know that, give give your worries to that. Uh, that's a, an incredible gift um, to empower uh, uh, anyone, but especially kids who, who will hold it as their own. I agree. You know, when I was little, we used to eat out a lot and, and I always see a man in a business suit sitting by himself. And I would hate that. Don't you hate to see someone sitting? I don't, I hardly ever eat by myself for dinner. I'll eat breakfast or lunch by myself all day long, but I don't usually go out for dinner by myself because I know I'm making other people feel bad or worry for me. Because as a kid, if I saw a man eating dinner by himself, I would say to my parents, can we please ask him to join us? And my dad would say, that's a businessman. He's been in meetings all day. Trust me. He wants to be alone. (laughs) leave him be. But I think, you know, kids, we look at the world in in such different ways. And so if any of you are empaths listening to this and you have children, nine times out of 10, your children are, or at least one of them is going to be empathic too. And I think knowing these tips early on can be really, really helpful for kids. Um, Another stone that, um, that I think is really important for an empath to turn to is hematite. Uh, hematite is really inexpensive. It's very common, and yet it's a really, really powerful stone. It's got this lovely, shiny black surface, and one of the things that it does is it puts up a shield um, around your energy. So, it, you know, Deb, um, Denise, you and I are going to do a show on psychic shielding eventually, but it's really important to imagine psychic shielding going up around you so that you can um, actually protect your energy. And I'm not saying if you wear or carry hematite, you don't have to do it, but that's one of the things that this hardworking little stone does is it puts up a shield for you. Um, and the the cool thing is that it's... Um, it activates your root chakra. And and the reason why I say the cool thing is because so many intuitives tend to ignore the root chakra. Do you ever notice that, Denise? They're like, I want to work on the chakra that helps me see ghosts. And I want to work on the chakra that helps me hear my spirit guide. But really, without the root chakra working for us, we're, we're going nowhere fast. And so hematite works on that really, really well. Go ahead. I was going to say that when I have you ever had anyone check your your chakras with a pendulum? Yes, that, yes, like, yes. And, and I had years. I had this woman, and she did okay. Well, no surprise. You're you're from your heart up. You're wide open. She says, but that root <laughs> that root chakra is buckled shut. And I thought, okay, that makes sense because I was at a time when there was a lot of um, 
instability in my life. There was a lot going on. There was a lot of uh, financial insecurity. So that fight or flight survival mode kind of stuff. So I think that you're spot on with, we do want to see the spirit. We want to sense, we want to feel, but without that foundation of the lower chakras, we really can't do as much with, with the upper level stuff as we'd like to do. Right. Um, Hematite has a really cool history too. Um, it, it, it ha- hematite is made from, um, I think it's called like red oxidized iron or I'm not a geologist, so don't quote me on that. But if you, if you rub the raw stone of hematite on something, most of us, I, I have seen raw hematite a couple of times at stores, but most of us will see the polished black shiny hematite, but raw hematite, if you rub it on something, it leaves a red mark. So people used to think that it like bled red. And so Roman soldiers would rub the raw stone all over their body so that the red powder would cover them and make them protected from their uh, enemies. I'm sure it was also to make them look scary, too, because can you imagine this big guy, you know, covered in red coming at you? Um, and but, so he tight for years. That's right. Look at that. Drawing connections, Denise, look at you. Um, it, it's been used for years in scrying. You know, when you can, it's, it's, it's one of the magic mirror stones. You know how like Native Americans or um, alchemists like John Dee and um, Ned Kelly would look at shiny surfaces to tune in? We did that at a, um, a mediumship thing I did at a spiritualist camp. They did a whole evening on how to scry and different surfaces and how you can use that. And they did have, uh, they, they had us hold a piece of hematite to, to try that. No way. You know, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, she's a writer and speaker that I really admire. She's written a whole book on using mirrors to scry. And I've read almost all of her work, except I won't touch that. It kind of scares me. It's very different. It's a different, and it and it's not, um, I was always, I, and I think even though for us or, and for I'm sure a lot of people that are listening to this, you know, being sensitive to spirit, picking up on things comes hand in hand with the empathy piece most of the time. Mm-hmm. And you, at least you never know who might pop up. Mm-hmm. It's different. The yeah. visual piece is very different for me. Yeah, I agree. And well, just mirrors in general freak me out. Okay, spiritually, not not any other way. Um, amethyst is another great stone for empaths to look to. Um, if you wear it, it helps to prevent psychic attack. And I once was reading a, a little, like a, like a book of ghost stories, and it was just old, old ghost stories, which I find fascinating. And they were talking about, you know, Lord Byron, the famous poet? Yes. Well, he loved ghosts and talking about ghosts and dealing with those stories. Um, I, I actually think, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was at that weekend when uh, Shelley wrote The Frankenstein. You know how they that was she wrote that like kind of on a bet. They were all stuck at this little retreat house and they decided to go to bed and see who could write the scariest story. Uh, she won with Frankenstein. But I think I think Lord Byron was there that weekend with all of them. Um, anyway, so he's the one who wrote, you know, She Walks in Beauty. But he, I, I read this ghost story where he was um, the main person in the story and he carried Amethyst to protect ghosts from attaching to him. 
when he was in this haunted house. And I thought, wow, this is like an old book. This is why people, you need to go to library book sales because you'll find books that are out of print and you can't find even on Amazon or ForgottenBooks.com. So I don't, I, this book is old and this was an old story, but I thought, I wonder if that's true. So I started researching it and I found several other well-known crystal teachers who do recommend carrying amethyst if you're going to be in a haunted location because it puts up a protective energy around you that doesn't allow anything to follow you home. Well, and that makes sense why I, that's, well, I handed them to you in New Jersey, but I, I am fanatical about having a piece of amethyst in my hand or, or on my person when I go out to do readings. I, That's I your just, go-to stone? Yeah, well, rose quartz and amethyst. But also with the amethyst, so many people who are empathic feel drawn to that. And I think, A, it's very pretty. It's a beautiful color. It's also pretty. But I, I think, it's, for me, it's a very spiritual stone, and I feel like there's a strong connection to divine with it. I agree. Well, it's a crown chakra stone, so it's definitely going to, you know, do a lot of work um, opening up your crown chakra, which I think is really, really cool. But for protection stuff, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of the best. There's lots of other great uses, um, you know, for amethyst. One of the main uses is it's the stone of sobriety. There's a really cool story. Um, Amethysta was this lovely woman and you know how the Greek gods apparently they wanted to um, how should I say this get friendly with most of the women on <laughs> America on, on earth soil that was so very very nice. <laughs> so back as the Roman god of wine or Dionysius was um, really loving this Amethysta girl and um she was not wanting to welcome his attention. And so Diana, the goddess of the hunt, she saved her and by turning her into this gleaming gem called Amethyst so that um, the god of wine could not have her. And so that is why the Roman the Romans used to make wine goblets out of Amethyst and they believed it would protect them from getting drunk. Because can you imagine in those days you couldn't drink the water? Right. Which, P.S., you really can't today anyway, but <laughs> we just found out there are three chemicals in the water in the city where I live. Can you believe that? Mm. But back then, you really could not drink the water, and so they would drink wine all day long. But you had to, you know, do stuff like build the Colosseum or fight for your life in the Colosseum or, <laughs> or you know... Yeah, you had to sacrifice a virgin to a ritual. Who knows? And you couldn't be drunk doing it. So they believed that if you if you drank out of these amethyst goblets, it would keep you sober. I, I, it'd be fast. Wouldn't that be a fun little book club test to do, Denise? Like, have everyone over. Yeah, well, I was just thinking how beautiful they would be. How, I know. I would just like to hold one. I would just feel regal holding. Another thing that I'll find myself doing unconsciously, and I don't know... Do you ever, like, automatically put... I'll take a piece, this amethyst stone and I'll just kind of touch it to my third eye, like if I'm trying to get clarity, and it's not even intentional, but it's almost like a like this big force of energy when with third eye and amethyst. Could, could you speak to that a little bit? 
Yeah, third eye and am amethyst works really well on linking the third eye and the crown chakra. And those are two things that need to link up in order for our third eye to open. Because what you have to remember is the third eye, everyone thinks of the third eye as, oh, that's the center for clairvoyance. Yes, it's, you know, ruled by the pineal gland and that is an actual eye. Like there are actual lenses in that area which is just study, do study on that because, or YouTube it, it's fascinating to research. But the other aspect of the third eye chakra is it's also the center of control. And I know people like you and me, Denise, and probably people listening to this show are not control freaks. I don't think I've ever met a true empath who is a control freak. And yet all of us have control issues. I know for me, I have a lot, I have a, big control issue about who and what can come around my energy. I have control issues about my personal space. I don't like touchy people. Do you, I, I don't like if people, if they first meet me and they're touching my elbow or they want to hug me. No, you have to know me before you hug me. So I, I do have control issues with stuff like that. That will block your third eye quicker than you can say boo. But working with amethyst works to gently link the crown chakra with the third eye and the crown chakra is all about surrender it's about surrendering to your higher power it's about surrendering that control it's and the third eye is about balancing that control so amethyst works to link both of those which is really nice it's also the stone of the buddha um it's connected to buddha and a lot of buddhist um, prayer beads are made out of amethyst and as any of my fellow good catholics know the bishop wears um, all the bishops throughout the world traditionally wear an amethyst ring think about their robes they're purple mm -hmm. just like the amethyst um, so it does have this this connection to you know religion but not so much religion as in rules and laws more so in spirituality and the divine which I mean, I love comparative religions. And if you get down back to the tenets of all the basic religions or many religions, they're all saying the same thing. And not to say one is better or worse or whatever. I'm not saying that at all. But I think if you truly get down to it, which makes sense, they're all tapping into the same divine connection. Yeah, you can sum up every religion with one sentence, the golden rule. Right. Be nice. Be nice. To, be nice. I really, I really think if God it could land on this easy. earth, yes. he or she would just say, people, be nice. That's all, that's all I've been trying to do. I sent all these people, Buddha, Muhammad, Jesus, you know, Zoroaster. None of you are getting the message. Just be nice. Okay. Another stone um, that I really, really love for empaths is Labradorite. I am so in love with this stone. Do you, do you like Labradorite? I, and that's interesting. Probably... About six, eight months ago, I became really a little obsessed with it. It's so beautiful. And I love how you can turn and see it from a different angle and you see different colors. And I think it's an absolutely gorgeous stone. I do too. You know, it's called a stone of magic. And I really think the reason why is because I, I always think about like, you know, like a cave woman, you know, her man's out hunting deer or antelope and she's digging in the earth to plant something or to look for some berries. And she sees this like old gray rock and she's probably like, oh, maybe I can use that to, you know, help dig something out. And then the sun hits it and this like borealis effect happens where these 
brilliant bright blue and gold colors come you know shining out of this rock can you imagine she must have been like holy cow this is magic so because labradorite it looks so boring in normal light i mean it really does it looks like an ugly gray rock and the minute light touches it it lights up it looks like it looks like the Borealis lights at night. It's beautiful. And so it's called a stone of magic because of that. Um, to me, I look at Labradorite and it, it just reminds me of all of us humans on this earth. Because sometimes, don't you, like, don't you look at someone and you think, huh, okay, there's another human being, you know, walking around earth. And then they do something and you're like, oh, you're a light worker too. Right. You know, right. I was just, I picked up my kids from school yesterday. I could not take a right turn out of the school. It was just traffic, traffic, traffic. And I'm like, what is going on? So we finally get out onto the main road, and there had been a really bad accident, and this car was blocking the road. This man steps out of a car, a thin man, like 5'10", scrawny, not a big guy, covered head to toe in tattoos. I'm telling you, there was not a bare patch of skin on this man and he had you know those ears where like the lobes are like the size of quarters because they have stuff in them oh gauges. you know what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. Gauged. okay so he, yeah. gauged okay so he was gauged i did not know there was a name for that he gets out and single-handedly pushed both cars off the road into a parking lot on the side oh was just such a beautiful soul and my daughters are going good job you can do it good job and I said to my girls I said let this be a reminder that you can never judge a book by its cover you know so anyway he reminds me of Labradorite because you look at him and go well where are you going in life covered in tattoos and gauged ears but you know what he's going everywhere in life because he has a huge heart of gold and please tattoo people listening I am I love tattoos I have a tattoo I'm just talking about the general consensus of the population you know um, this Labradorite is one of the stones that if I touch it I feel it like run, run up my arms you know how certain stones, they vibrate at a frequency and you physically feel it like run up your arms when you hold it? I agree. I get that impact from, so it feels for me like there's a connection between my physical and my, almost the ethereal. There, there's, for that stone, for me, there's a real strong connection. I don't know if that's something that it does in general. No, I think so. It's a powerful third eye opener. It helps you to, um, what I, so Judy Hall has a really good book. Well, she has a lot of good books, but one of the ones I like by her is called 100 Power Crystals. And it's kind of like her response to people asking her, what are some crystals you can't live without? Mm -hmm. And she says that every intuitive empath should have at least one labradorite. It's the stone she recommends for empaths. Because she says labradorite allows you to open up to your psychic abilities without being overwhelmed by them. So it protects you, but it doesn't shut you down. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't like put up so many shields that you can't get any information coming through. And, and I think that that is so, so vital to, to say to people right now because, as we've mentioned before, the energies have shifted and people are more wide open. They're becoming more intuitive or more aware of their intuitive and their empathic and their psychic and all of that whole package deal. So if there's a stone that's going to help bring that more into balance for us so you're not overwhelmed, that's huge. Yeah, I agree. Um there's also, in addition to the stones we've just mentioned, 
black kyanite. Now, I love blue kyanite, too. I have a blade of kyanite. I have blue. Um, blue kyanite. I'm looking at my piece now. Yeah, there is. And it's actually less expensive than the blue kyanite. And it's pretty easy to find. It always comes in the raw form. Well, I shouldn't say always. I always see it in its raw form. And when mm-hmm. you buy it in stores, it's, it looks like a little sword. You know, it comes to a point at one end. So, so ki- the blue, it's just black? Yes, yes. Except I, the blue kyanite is usually in a blade form where it's just like kind of a thick rectangle. Mm-hmm. Whereas the black kyanite looks just like blue, except it's black, but it's got that <laughs> same layering effect and it grows in points. So it like, so like a little sword. So um, if anyone is listening to this going, what are they talking about? I've never even heard of kyanite. Uh, blue kyanite is the most common form of kyanite. Uh, and it's, it's a powerful, hard working stone. Blue kyanite is one of the only stones that never needs to be cleansed. Most stones, you have to cleanse them uh, when you get them, and you have to cleanse them after you've used them for a while. So, you know, they can bathe and be washed of energy they've absorbed for you. But uh, blue kyanite is one of the stones that does not need to be cleansed. And one of the main jobs of blue kyanite, I I have a big blade. I'm looking at it now. It's probably one, two, three. It's probably like six inches. And I just lay it across my chest when I'm doing chakra meditation on myself, chakra cleansing, because one of its main jobs is to clean, clear, and activate all of your chakras at the same time. So when I say it's a hard working stone, I mean it. But black kyanite is really good for empaths because of its sword-like shape. It's one of the best stones for cutting cords and energy blocks. So if you have done a meditation, like Denise and I already mentioned um, a couple of weeks ago on our show about cord cutting, if you sweep it over your body in big arcs as you're visualizing the cords that you may, maybe you saw when you were doing a meditation to see them, the black kyanite helps you to actually cut these cords from your energy and from your aura. And if you're a healer or you're doing Reiki on someone or massage and they're open to crystals, you can use black kyanite in your practice um, to help them cut these cords as well. So it's a really good stone for that. All right, that's my general list for stones that should be in the empath's bag. Do you want to add some to that? Just and just because I love it so much, I have to say something about rose quartz, because I think I I just it's such a healing. It's it's just such a, a friendly little stone. Um, it, it's so important, and, and that seems to be when I offer. I a lot of times when I'm doing readings, and someone will pick a a stone, or we'll be talking about. I always make sure I add a piece of rose quartz. I feel that strongly about it. It's just an I don't. Well, what do you think about the rose quartz? I love that you called it a friendly little stone. Rose quartz is like, you know that girl you went to high school with that was always bubbly and in a good mood and was friends with everybody? Mm-hmm. That's rose quartz. You're, it, it is a friendly stone. It's it's a great stone, especially for like a newbie to crystals, you know, because there's nothing nothing to be warned about with, crisp, with rose quartz. Some like malachite, for example, I love... But malachite can be a really difficult stone to work with. Um, 
It's it a strong up, stone. It's a really strong stone. It's kind of an in-your-face, like, oh, yeah, you want to work on that? I'll help you. You know, she's she's a strong sister. Rose quartz is much more gentle. Um, and then there's other stones that you can't put in water. There's other stones that you can only cleanse in rice. I mean, some of them are picky and finicky. Rose quartz, there's just no rules about it. It's just, it loves everyone. It can go in water. It can go in salt. It can, anything. For the grief piece, I think it's it's my favorite. If yeah. someone's grieving, and and I, not to be too graphic, but I've also sometimes suggested to people take a piece of rose quartz and either put it in your bra or put it somewhere where it's on your heart. Yeah. So so or people will will make a pendant so that it hangs over their heart chakra. So that I mean, it, I truly I feel it's that that powerful of a of a healer and to help people get on the other side of of really heartbreak or, or rough situations. It's a great stone to wear too, when you're ready for love again, when you're ready to open, cause it's such a gentle heart opener. So I, I can't say enough about Rose quartz. I think it's good for everyone, whether you're an empath or not. It's just, it's just a happy little stone. Um, we're running out of time and I quickly want to mention a couple of points about crystals. Um, one thing that I wanted to mention is, Pay attention to how you wear crystals. So, for example, the left side of your body is for receiving energy, and the right side of your body is for releasing energy. So, for example, if I do Reiki on somebody, I will take two single terminated quartz, clear quartz crystals, big ones, and I'll put one in their left palm facing into them so that they can receive all the energy from that stone. And then I'll put another single terminated clear quartz in their right palm facing out so that it helps direct all that negative energy that we're healing and releasing out. A single terminated clear quartz is any stone that ends in a, in a pointed termination, in case you don't know what that means. Um, and clear quartz, single terminated quartz are very inexpensive. You should be able to get a two-inch piece for under $5. And it's such a great thing to add to your arsenal when you're doing meditation, uh, guided imagery, healing, chakra work. But also, if you think about the fact that the left side is for receiving energy and the right side is for releasing or sending energy, think about that consciously when you're wearing stones. So, for example, I always recommend that you wear a grounding protective stone on your left side, like hematite, for example, On your wear a bracelet of hematite on your left wrist. I call it my Wonder Woman bracelet because it kind of sends up this energy of, you know, thou shalt not enter. But on your right wrist, you can you can wear a stone that's going to absorb negative energy that's coming from you. Have you ever like have you ever woken up in a bad mood and you can't shake it, and you know you don't want to go to work and spill your bad mood on everybody? Am I the only one that has had that happen? No, no, no. <laughs> and I, I don't know about that. you, Denise, but like with empaths, we are the worst liars, and we're really bad at faking stuff. So if I'm in a bad mood, it's really hard for me to fake it. So if you wear a stone of um, absorbing negativity on your right wrist, that will help. Like black agate, for example, or smoky quartz, which is really good for absorbing sadness from within. You can wear that on your right wrist, so it'll kind of receive all that before you send it out to other people. Let's take rose quartz. You were just talking about how you love rose quartz. If you are ready to receive more love into your life, you can wear a rose quartz bracelet on your left wrist. 
But let's say you're going into um, a meeting with somebody and maybe you guys have been contentious or had some emails back and forth and now you need to sit down and have a compromising gentle discussion, you know, wear rose quartz on your right wrist because that will send loving energy out to who you direct it to. So I think it's nice to look at how you wear jewelry in, in your life with crystals in terms of the receiving and the sending sides. I was just thinking, I wonder if that would also be, do I keep it in my right pocket or my left pocket? It's, yeah, same thing. Same thing. Okay. Same thing. Exactly. Yep. And I guess with your rose quartz thing, you could put one under your left bra. <laughs> no, but I always hold the, le- it's interesting because I always do hold the amethyst, amethyst in my left hand and the rose quartz in my right when I'm doing. Oh, wow. And so you're receiving just- the spiritual energy and you're sending love. That's so you. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. In your house, um, I'm just kind of rushing this because we only have five minutes. Uh, we will revisit this topic, though, I we promise. Um, in your house, this is so, I think this is a, a neat little story. I, I love to go to Home Goods. It's the um, sister store to TJ Maxx. And I love Home Goods. It's my happy place. I get my candles there. I always find something fun and cool and funky there. But the main reason why I go there is to perform crystal rescues. There are, my home goods at least, has a ton of crystals. And I always feel bad for them because the average person shopping in home goods is looking for a bed sheet or drapes or new towels. They're not looking for crystals. And I always wonder, like, who are you going to go home with? And are they going to know how to take care of you? So (laughs) I will go there and I will often buy crystals. I have gotten beautiful. I I got a huge chunk of blue kyanite there uh, over the summer. But anyway, I went there a while back and they had a log of black tourmaline. I mean, it looked like, you know, those fake logs you can buy in the wintertime that come in the paper wrapping? Yes. That's the size of this black tourmaline. And it had no price tag on it. And I I went up to the lady and I was like, how much is this? And she was like, I don't know. Let me see if there's any other logs back there. So she goes in the back and she pulls out this giant selenite log. And I'm like, oh, my God. God, like I love selenite. I'm like, how much is that? And she's like, uh, this is 40. I'm like, sold. I said, so how much is the black tourmaline log? And she's like, uh, I don't know, does 40 sound good? I'm like, yeah, sold. So I got both of those. Such a great That's price. Amazing. I brought them home. I'm like, where am I going to put these giant logs? And I have a gas fireplace. And I'm like, oh. So I put them in front of my fireplace in my living room. I Google, Google it. It turns out two of the best stones to have in your house for protection, black tourmaline and selenite together. (laughs) So black tourmaline is a really good stone for protective energy in the home because of what we talked about earlier, how it, you know, just grounds the energy, protects the energy, blocks the geopathic stress. It clears and releases energy blocks in the home, which is really, really good. Um, Selenite invites angelic energy in. It provides a calming, stabilizing energy. It releases stale, stagnant energy. And the cool thing about selenite is it magnifies the energy of any crystal placed next to it. So if we go back to our high school metaphor before, black tourmaline would be like the defense tackle football person. And selenite would be like the happy cheerleader. (laughs) Okay. 
So those are two really good stones to have in your home together. You can grid your home. You can put black, a tumbled black tourmaline and tumbled selenite every couple of feet around the outer edge of your property of your home and ask that it creates an energetic grid of protection. You can grid inside your home. You can put um, a small tumbled piece of black tourmaline or selenite in the four corners of each of the rooms of your home. If you have small kids or cats or dogs, not so much. Um, so for me, I, I always grid the outside of my home for that reason. But that's a really good thing to do. Um, another cool thing you can do with crystals in your home is if you have like pots, unplanted pots on the left and right side of your door, you know, a lot of people have like a big planter on each side, you can put um, seven tumbled stones representing each of the chakras in each pot. And you can, that should cost you no more than $20. You know, because like a tumble jasper is like 50 cents to a dollar fifty, depending on the size and so on. But you get one stone to represent each of the chakras. You get two of each, I'm sorry. And then you put one set of chakra stones in the left planter, one set of chakra stones in the right planter, in a circle, in the soil. And that helps to just create this lovely energy uh, for your home. You can also take hematite, especially magnetized hematite, and you put it on the outer um, uh, under lip of your front door. So like picture walking up to your front door. I have mine like kind of underneath the, the outer lip of the front door, kind of right in front of my welcome mat. And the hematite blocks negative energy from coming into your home. And the magnetized hematite kind of pulls that negative energy from anyone negative coming into your home. So that's, that's a useful. really good thing to do. Um, Inside your home, I always recommend that people have cluster quartz because cluster quartz are those quartz that grow in those beautiful little clusters and they're called family stones. They help families to get along. They help people to work in harmony. It's a good idea to have a cluster quartz um, like on a conference table at work, for example. Oh, I had a crystal rescue last week. I bought a giant clear quartz cluster at Home Goods for $55.00 which is a really good price because this thing is like a boulder. And I have it in the center of my dining room table. I'm sure it's going to scratch that dining room table, but oh well. <laughs> right now, I love it there. Family um, harmony. More family harmony. Is, that's right. That's right. So um, that's kind of crystals for empaths in a nutshell. I feel like I uh, took over the whole hour. I apologize, Denise. Do you, do you want to oh, add no, anything? No. Oh, no, I think it was fabulous. And it, it also, uh, I hope, gave both ends of the spectrum of even if you don't aren't confident with what you know about crystals, they'll find you. You'll find them. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. That was kind of the main point of our show, and I kind of went off on a tangent. I apologize. <laughs> the, you didn't, The main okay. thing we wanted to mention was... Um, that it's all about intent and don't worry so much about the rules of crystals. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't get too bogged down in shoulds and shouldn'ts and what, you know, Judy Hall says a crystal does and what Cassandra Eason says a crystal does or what Melody says a crystal does. Follow what your heart tells you a crystal does for you and always trust you with a crystal. 
But if you are an empath and you are an intuitive, do try working with crystals. It takes about two weeks for a crystal to start to resonate with your energy. So don't bring a crystal home and tuck it under your pillow and expect to meet your spirit guide that night, for example, um, because it does take two weeks for that stone to acclimate its energy to yours. But it will work hard for you. And in return, you just have to take good care of it. And if you're at home goods... Practice a crystal rescue and share it with me and Denise. Well, I, I have never seen them in, in Maine at the Home Goods, but I'm going to keep my really? eye Really? They have mm-hmm. the um, Himalayan salt quartz lamps. They have selenite lamps now at mine. They almost always have crystal, clear crystal and selenite. It's like a given. But if you, if you check in like once every couple of weeks, you'll find calcite, um, fluorite, kyanite, um, I found peach moonstone there once. Wow. So they, they, they will often have tumbled citrine too, which is a really good find. So check it out. Get a nice candle on your way too. If you want to um, learn more about me and Denise, you can check her out at thegratefulmessenger.com. I'm at samanthafay.com. Fay is like Tina Fay, F-E-Y. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. If you have questions or comments about the show, you know, send us an email and we will do our best to get back to you. And if you like our show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes because it helps more people to find us. And we sure would love that. And we just hope that you've enjoyed the show and we hope you have a great, great week. Yes. And thank you. Thank you for for doing this and for listening. And it's fun. That's it the is point fun. of all of this. That's we right. Thank you for being fun. an empowered empath with us. <laughs> Bye. All right. Goodbye, everyone.